John Cannon and the Congregation of Victory Church welcome you to this message from the Word of God. It is our heartfelt desire to see you grow closer to the Lord and to help you become all that He has created you to be. Our prayer is that through this ministry you would come to know Him in a greater way and that these teachings from Scripture would better equip you to fulfill His plan in your life. Now, let's join Pastor John as we study the Word together. If you have your Bibles, I want you to open them up, please, to two places of Scripture where we will be today. I'll hit some others in passing, but I want you to turn to Psalm 24, the 24th Psalm. I want us to look at verses 1 and 2 today as we continue our subject and uh, talk a little bit about stewardship. Now, the last uh, couple Sundays, I've been on the subject of stewardship and introduced the, um, the series a couple weeks ago. Last week, we talked a lot about money and um, and some principles from God's Word uh, contained and pertaining to that. Today I want to change gears a little bit. Not only are we to be stewards of our treasure, but we're also to be good stewards of our talents. And so today I want to talk to you a little bit about managing my talents, being a good steward of the talents, the spiritual gifts, the abilities, the skills that the Lord has blessed each, each and every one of us with and how we need to manage those properly. But I think a tremendous foundational stewardship verse has to be Psalm 24. Are you there? Psalm 24 and verse 1 and 2. Let's look at this verse together. It says, the earth and everything in it, the world and its inhabitants belong to the Lord. For he laid its foundation on the seas and established it on the rivers. Do you get that verse? The, what, what does that verse tell us? Three or four words here that we say every single year that we speak and preach on a series on stewardship. What does it tell us? God owns it all. Look, look at that verse of Scripture once again. The earth and everything in it, the world and its inhabitants, belong to who? They don't belong to me. They don't belong to you. They belong to the Lord. And so right there is our foundational stewardship verse for the, for the little saying that we like to use around here all the time. God owns it all. Everything is His. Everything was created for Him and for His glory and for His purpose. Now that doesn't mean that everything is used for that, but everything was created for that. And then He gives us, as men and women, the human race, our own free will to choose how we're going to use all that God has blessed us with. So I hope and pray that in your life that you've come to the realization that you really don't own a thing. Matter of fact, as we shared some in our leadership team meeting last night, we really don't control a thing. You know, God is in control of it all. And by the way, son, I like that vision. Man, I thought I had big vision. Bush Stadium, I hadn't thought about that one. That's a good one. And uh, maybe we'll go over there and have one Easter service one day. Huh? Wouldn't that be kind of sweet, kind of cool? Man, that's stretching us even more, is it not? Uh, but I like that. Why? Because it's all God's. Amen? He owns it all. He's in control. And what we need to do is just realize that it's out of our control, that it's all His, and we're just to manage what He's, he's blessed us with. So today I want to talk to you about that subject, managing our talents, managing my talents. Let's go to the Lord in prayer. Father, this morning we thank you for the privilege to be able to assemble together and, and worship 
and in prayer and in scripture reading in exhortation in teaching and encouraging father we just pray now you bless our time together thank you for the the worship set today thank you lord how you spoken to our hearts and and how we do need to let faith arise and we do need to open our eyes and just trust in you and and father i pray that your will be done in our lives today Father, I pray today in this worship set, in this worship service, God, I'm not going to be preaching a salvation message today. But God, if there's someone here today that does not know you as their personal Lord and Savior, my prayer is today that before we leave, that that individual would trust you, repent of their sins, see themselves on the wrong road, and may they repent and turn to you and ask for forgiveness. And I ask you, Lord, that you would be their God and be their Lord and be their Savior today. I pray today for the believer, for each and every one of us that are here. May we realize today that we've been blessed. May we realize today that we have abilities, skills, talents. And I just pray, God, you help us to use those for you and for your glory. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Psalm 24 and verse 1. I've said all I'm going to say about that passage of Scripture. God owns it all. And as soon as we as His children, His believers, get a realization of that, uh, it seems like the easier life gets and, and like the priorities all start to fall in place when we realize that He's in control and He certainly owns it all. Now, another passage of Scripture I want you to turn to is over in the New Testament. I want you to look at 1 Peter chapter 4. 1 Peter chapter number 4. I want you to look at verse number 8. 1 Peter chapter 4, actually we'll begin in verse 7, and then read down through verse 11 and, um, in 1 Peter. So are you there? 1 Peter chapter 4 and verse number 7. It says, Now the end of all things is near, therefore be serious and be disciplined for prayer. And then he says this, Above all, maintain an intense love for each other. Well, I'd like to stop and unpack that a little bit. Above everything else... God is saying that we should be loving each other. Maintain an intense love for each other. Since love covers a multitude of sins. And then verse number 9 it says, Be hospitable to one another without complaining. <laughs> I like that. We could, we could preach a lot on that, but we'll move on. Verse number 10 is where I want to get. It says this, Based on the gift each one has received, use it, to make a lot of money for yourself and gain a lot of possessions for yourself. No, 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 no. That's not what it says, does it? Look what it says in verse number 10. Based on the gift each one has received, use it how? Use it to what? Serve others. Based on the gift that each one has received, use it to serve others as good managers of the varied grace of God. And if anyone speaks, it should be as one who speaks God's word. If anyone serves, it should be from the strength that God provides so that God may be glorified through Christ Jesus in everything. To Him belong the glory and the power forever and ever. Amen. The passage I really want you to see is really verse number 10 where it says, based on the gift that each one has received, use it, to serve others. I think that's where we need to really drill down today. 
We need to stop. We need to pause. We need to realize that every single one of us have abilities. We have skills. We have talents that God has blessed us with. And those aren't necessarily to be used for selfishness or selfish gain or to worry about me and my four and no more. Those gifts that God has given us are to be used to serve others. By the way, you know, the, you know how to have joy in your life. The acronym for joy is what? Jesus, others, yourself. You want to have joy in your life? Get those things right. Get them in the right order in your life. Serve Jesus. Live for Him. Serve others. Live for them. And then worry about yourself. And you'll be amazed at the joy that will flood your soul and how much easier life seems to be when we get those priorities in order. But here in verse number 10, I want you to see where, where the Bible says that God has given every single one of us a gift. And that gift is to be used to serve others. There's a couple of things I want you to see this morning. Number one is this. And jot this down on the back of your uh, worship folder, your bulletin there. There's a place for you to take a few notes. Here's a few things I want you to jot down. Number one is this. God has given you each and every individual, each and every person, he's given us all as individuals a unique combination of abilities and skills and talents and gifts to be used to serve others for the glory of God. Okay? So I want you to understand that every single one of us have a unique gift set. We have unique talents. We have unique skills. We have unique abilities that gathered together as the body of Christ are to be used to serve each other. And in the end, God receives honor and glory as a result of doing that. But I want you to look in Psalm 139 and verse 13 and 14. The Bible says, For it was you, O God, you, O Lord, who created my inward parts. You knit me together in my mother's womb. I will praise you because I am remarkably and wonderfully made. Guys, do you realize that God created you to be you? He created you unique. He didn't want to make you be somebody else. He didn't want to create you to be somebody else. A lot of times we, I think as parents, make that mistake with our children. We'll have two or more children, and we think they all should be the same. And I think we need to realize they are not. I mean, it's amazing to me how you can have the same dad and the same mom and have two entirely different children, but we've got to understand that's okay. Everybody does not fit into the same mold. That's also true whenever it comes to the church family. We're not all the same. Quit trying to make everybody just like you. Right? I mean, some of you guys don't want to be bald-headed, right? Hello? The point is, we're all different. And what we need to do, we need to celebrate our diversity, right? We need to rejoice in that. And, and Paul uses the analogy, and I'm not going to take time and go and unpack it all, but he talks about how the body of Christ is like our own physical body. How, how there's different elements of the body. There's the eye and the nose and the ears and the hand and the fingers and the feet and the toes and the knee and the shin. I mean, all these things. It makes up the whole body. And when the whole body, physical body, is working together in harmony, then we can get a lot done. But whenever one part of the body is not working together in harmony, we call that sickness. We call that a disease. And so many churches today are filled with a disease because the whole body is not working together. The whole body is not using their gifts, their talents, their skills, their abilities for the glory of God in serving one another. And so if we're going to be a healthy church, then everybody's got to pull their weight. 
If we're going to be a healthy church, then everybody's got to get plugged into ministry. If we're going to be a healthy church, then we must realize that God has gifted us with a skill set to serve other people so that at the end of the day, the Lord may receive glory. Hello? We all have something we should be doing. Hello? Everybody. Everybody should be serving somewhere in the body of Christ. There's no room for people to sit on the sideline. There's no room. Listen, I know a lot of times we, we look at the Christian life, we look at the church, and we parallel it with a, a sport of some sort. Do you realize in, in God's army, everybody's on the field? In God's football team, everybody plays? You don't have people sitting on the sideline? Hello? You see, that's what the devil wants to do. He wants to get us distracted. He wants to get us busy with the things of the world so that we have no time to serve God. Anybody hearing me this morning? We all need to be in the game. And we need to understand that God has given every single one of us a unique combination of abilities and skills and gifts. And we have different gifts and different skills and different abilities. You see, some of you are able to do some things that I cannot do. And I'm able to do some things that you cannot do. But we're all working together to serve each other, to serve the body, so that at the end of the day, God is glorified. Does that make sense? We go back in the Old Testament, and you can see example after example after example how God chose different individuals to do some particular areas of work so that the tabernacle... The tent, the place of worship, could be built and established so that the church could come together and worship God, even in the Old Testament. You go back to the book of Exodus in chapter number 31, and there you'll find some men. Go there real quick. In Exodus chapter 31, verses 1 through 6, here you'll find where, where God told Moses. He said, Moses, I provided for you some men. Now these men are skilled workers. I filled these men with my Holy Spirit, with God's Spirit, in verse 3, Exodus 31, I have given them wisdom, I have given them understanding, I have given them ability in every craft to design artistic works in gold and silver and bronze, to cut gemstones for mountain, in verse 5, and to carve out wood for work in every craft. Exodus 31, verse 6 says, I have placed wisdom within every skilled craftsman in order to make all that I have commanded you. Now what did God just command Moses to do? Commanded him to, to build the tabernacle, right? That was the command. And God says, listen, I don't expect you to do all the building. I have provided skilled workers, skilled laborers in the body to come together for the, to, to carry out the command that I've given you to build the tabernacle. And these are skilled workers. Look what it says in verse 3. I have filled them with God's Spirit. I have given them wisdom. I have given them understanding. I have given them ability in every craft to design artistic works in gold and silver and bronze, to cut gemstones for mounting, to carve wood for every craft. And I've given them that ability not so they can go out there in the world and make a lot of money for themselves. Get this. Now, I'm not against having a good business. I'm not against being, making money. I'm not against those things. But God is saying, I have gifted these men so they could gather together together to build the place of worship. You know, whenever I go out on our property, I'm not a builder. I'm a, I'm a great helper. 
I can look ahead. I can, I can see the next step needs to be done. I can't think out the whole process. I don't know what needs to be done. But you get me working with you and I can catch on pretty quick. And I can be a great number two guy. I can be a great helper. But thank God for the Daryl Renfros. Thank God for the Pat Albers. Thank God for the Dave Hornyaks and the Mike Collinses that come along that have this ability to build and to create. Amen? And we ought to applaud those guys. I mean, they are faithful. Charlie Alexander, Dan, Dan Wolosnik, these guys that are just faithful. Daniel, I'm sorry, I missed Daniel, a builder. These guys that come together to build the church. Thank God for those individuals. Because there's so much more that all of us need to be doing. Now, I realize we have different seasons when we gather together to build. Well, you know, hopefully and prayerfully we continue to build. But the point is, even in the Old Testament, there were individuals that were gifted with unique combination of abilities and skills and gifts in order to build the tabernacle. Ladies, it's not just for the men. Look in Exodus chapter 35. Exodus chapter 35 and verse 25 and 26. The Scripture says that every skilled woman... They spun yarn with their hands. They brought it, blue and purple and scarlet yarn and fine linen. And all the women whose hearts were moved spun the goat hair by virtue of their skill. God gave these women the ability to, and the skill to sew and to weave so that they could use their talents in helping to, to, to build the house of God, the place of worship where they would come together. My point is, guys, every single one of us need to be doing something. Every single one of us have some abilities and some skills. The question is, are we using that to serve each other? Are we using that to serve the body of Christ? Hello? I love going in the book of Daniel and reading about these teenagers. And teenagers think, boy, I don't have much I can give. Oh, no, 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 no. You have a lot you can bring to the body of Christ. In Daniel, in the, in the book of Daniel, read about Daniel and his three friends, Jewish friends, Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego. And by the way, that's their pagan names, but that's how we identify with them mostly. These young teenage boys, you know what they had the gift of? They have the gift of, of, of courage and boldness and standing for God. Daniel had the gift of interpreting dreams and visions and being able to see those things and, and, and discern those things and, and just plan out what God's will was through these dreams. You see, God placed these men, to be these young teenage boys, in a place in a foreign country to learn a foreign language to be used for His service and His glory to serve others and glorify God at the end of the day. So a lot of times teenagers think, boy, there's no place for me to serve in church. You're wrong. That's what the devil wants you to think, that there's no place for you to serve. There is a place for everybody to serve in the body of Christ. Does that make sense? I want us to realize that we are to be serving one another. And we all have these abilities. These nat- have you ever seen somebody that's almost just a natural at something? Man, something just comes so easy for them and it may be very difficult for us. You know what that is? That's a blessing from God. Now, that may not necessarily be a spiritual gift, but it may just be some natural abilities and skill that that you just are able to pick up and do and have. And thank God for those things. I ran across a a story that I thought was kind of cute, and and I've heard this before, and and it may have even been shared here before in, in the years we've been here, but there's a story about the animals after creation. After creation, all the animals got together and they formed a school. Now, they put together a well-rounded curriculum that they would learn how to swim and run and climb and fly. And all of the animals were required to go to the school to get this training. Now, the duck, the duck excelled in swimming. As a matter of fact, he was better at swimming than his instructor. 
But he only made passing grades in climbing. And he was very poor in running. He was so slow he had to stay after school to practice running. And this caused his webbed feet to become so sore that he became only average in swimming. But average was quite acceptable, so no one ever worried about it except the duck. And then there was the rabbit. Now, the rabbit was at the top of her class in running. But after a while, she developed a twitch in her leg from all the time that she spent in the water trying to improve her swimming. The squirrel was a peak performer at climbing. But he was constantly frustrated in the flying class. His body became so sore and worn out from all the hard landings that he didn't do well in climbing. And he ended up being just an average runner. The eagle. The eagle was a constant problem. The eagle was in continual rebellion. He was severely disciplined for being a nonconformist. In climbing class, he would always beat everyone else to the top of the tree, but he would not climb. He would always fly to the top to get there. Now, here's the point. Each of the animals had a particular design. When they did what they were designed to do, they excelled. But when they tried to operate outside their area of expertise, they were not nearly as effective. They were just average. Guys, listen. We must be careful of trying to make everybody fit into the same mold. That's the moral of the story at the creation school. The eagle wasn't made to swim or to climb or to run. The eagle was designed and created and given the abilities and the skill to soar and to fly. Amen? The duck wasn't made to run or to climb. The duck was created and made to what? To swim, of course. And the story goes on and on and on. Guys, listen. We need to understand. We need to discover what our gift set is. We need to discover what our abilities are. And we need to get into the church, get into the body of Christ, and serve each other within our area of expertise, if you will. Hello? Amen? If we don't, we're just going to be mediocre at everything. Not only are we given natural abilities and skills, but we're also given gifts. There are spiritual gifts that are given to every single one of us the moment we accept Christ as our Savior and the Holy Spirit takes up His residence in our heart and in our life. And there's numerous verses that apply to this. 1 Corinthians chapter 12, verse 1 says, Now concerning what comes from the Spirit, and what does come from the Spirit, these supernatural gifts... He says, brothers, I don't want you to be unaware. And then he goes into this great discourse about explaining and teaching this great doctrine of the diversity of spiritual gifts. In Romans chapter 12 and verse 6, it says, according to the grace that is given to us, we have different gifts. 1 Timothy 4.14 says, do not neglect the gift that is in you. Every single one of us, the moment that we accept Christ as our personal Savior, and the Holy Spirit takes up residence in our heart at the moment of salvation, He brings with Him at least one gift that we have that He's given us to be able to use. Most people have numerous gifts. Many of those gifts are lying dormant in their own spirit, in their own life. They're really not using those. They haven't tapped into them. They haven't developed them. But we all have at least one spiritual gift. You can go to 1 Corinthians 12 and Romans 12 and Ephesians 4. And here you'll see where Paul unpacks all these different lists of spiritual gifts that's been given to the body, to the church. 
Some of the spiritual gifts include the gift of prophecy, the gift of pastoring, the gift of preaching, the gift of teaching, the gift of leading, the gift of speaking in tongues. And people say, do, do, do we still have speaking in tongues today? Sure we do. It's just the ability to learn different dialects, different languages in order to share the gospel. It's not some spiritual unknown tongue. It's a dialect. It's a language. It's a foreign language. And thank God for the people that have the gift of learning multiple languages so they can go out into the, the world and share the gospel of Christ. Amen? Hello? There's the gift of wisdom. There's the gift of encouragement. There's the gift of giving generously. There's the gift of hospitality, the gift of mercy, the gift of intercession. And the list goes on and on and on and on and on. Well, the question becomes then, how do I know what my natural abilities are and what my spiritual gifts are? How do I know that? There's three things that will be on the slide for you here. Three things, three ways that I can know that. Number one, you need to ask other people who know you well. In other words, just ask. Ask your friends, ask your family. Whenever you're trying to discern what your spiritual gifts may be, talk to your family about it. Amen? And family, you've got to be kind, <laughs> but you've got to be truthful. Hello? You've got to be kind, but you've got to be truthful. I mean, just ask me, do you think I'm gifted at... You, you know what? If you're trying to sing and you can't carry a tune, you may be working outside your gift set. Hello? <laughs> right? If you're trying to teach, you don't have a gift of teaching, maybe working outside your gift set. So we need to understand where our gift set is, right? So ask, ask one another. The second thing that I want to encourage you to do to help understand what your gift set may be is to attend and complete Class 301. That's our Discovering My Ministry class. And, and Brother Mike just did a great job teaching that just a couple weeks ago and talking about our ministry and helping us discover our ministry. But there's a third way that we can help discern and know what our spiritual gifts may be, and that is to complete a spiritual gift survey. Now let me ask you a question. How many has ever taken a spiritual gift survey? Raise your hand. Several. How many has taken one within the last two to three years? Three or four. Let me, let me tell you this. Just because you took a spiritual gift survey five years ago, ten years ago, twenty years ago, that doesn't necessarily mean that that's still true today. I remember I took a spiritual gifts test and some uh, back years ago when I was in college and then some more when we years ago here at Victory Church back in the old church. And, and then I took it again this past week. And by the way, the guys and ladies are going to be passing out a, a spiritual gift survey for you right now. I took this same survey this past week. I realized that now there were some areas that I just knew that I was strong in and it came very true. In the spiritual gift survey class, or test that I took, boom, they were there. But there were some areas that I was extremely weak in years ago that, that somehow had been developed, and I, it was one of my strengths today. So just because you took it years ago, don't think, boy, I, I know what mine are. No, no, no. They change. Hello? And maybe it's not so much them changing as it, as it is you are developing them. But here's what I want you to do. I want you to take... And we're going to take about five minutes here. I want you to get started. I want you to get this. Because this, I, want, I want to help you manage your talents. I want to help you be a good steward of your spiritual gifts and your physical abilities and your skills that you have. So in order to do that, we've got to know what they are. Uh, my wife and I went back and forth and back and forth and back and forth on this. I thought about just passing these out to you when you left the church. But you know what I was afraid of? I was afraid you'd throw them in the back seat of the car, you'd drop them in the trash can walking by, you'd put them in your briefcase, whatever, you'd totally forget about it, and you never would get around to it. So I'm thinking, you know what, I'm going to sacrifice a little time of preaching and teaching today, and we're going to call time out, and I want you to start right now answering these questions. Everybody have a pen? 
Everybody have a pencil? Some of you ladies, I know, if you dig down the bottom of those purses, there are probably eight or ten pencils or pen, there's something down there. I promise. Something you can write with. I want, you to, I want you to get that and pass them out and help others, help your neighbors with something to write with. Now on this, you're going to look at each one of these statements. And you're going to grade yourself. One, that is totally not me. I am nowhere in the ballpark on this one. All the way up to the scale of five, and you can read the responses there for yourself. Number five is that is completely me. I am all over that. Okay? Now, grade, grade yourself. Go ahead. I'm going to give you, if you will, Sheridan, put the ten-minute timer up. Okay? I'm going to give you ten minutes. And then I'm going to wrap this thing up. Maybe I'll give you eight minutes, five minutes. I'll kind of see. Man, we have the timer going. And let me kind of see. And when you start getting done with these things, I just want you to answer the questions. I'm not going to grade them yet. I don't want you to grade them yet. Just answer the question. Let's take a few moments and just do that. I think it's that important that we understand this. My prayer is that as you work through these, something will trigger in your heart, in your mind. You will discover where you are gifted. And then the ultimate goal is that you'll serve in that area. If you're a duck, I don't want you climbing trees. I want you swimming. If you're a rabbit, I don't want you flying. I want you running. If you're an eagle, I don't want you climbing. I want you flying. You get the point. Okay? We're all different. But it takes all of us coming together in whatever area that is to serve each other, serve the body of Christ, so at the end of the day, the Lord receives honor and glory. So I hope this helps you a little bit. Should have told you this earlier. Don't overthink this. First thing that pops to your mind, put it down. Yep, that's me. Nope, maybe. Don't overthink it. Okay, I see several wrapping it up. So here's what I want you to do. Let's let's stop right now. Here's what I want you to do. Let me give you some instruction behind this. I wanted to get you far enough into it that you wanted to finish it. Okay. Uh, that way, hopefully. And I want you to take this with you. We're not going to turn them in now. I want you to take this with you. If you did not finish, sometime later today, this week, finish your, your survey. And then I want you to tally up all the points. And it kind of just talks you through that. And then I want you to draw a, a graph, and it kind of talks you through that. And you can see where your strengths are and see where you're gifted, where you're not gifted. And then here's what I want you to do with that. As soon as you are done with that, then I want you to let us know at the church office. And we're going we're gonna to set up a time for you to, to sit down with our ministry leader, which is Mike and Sandy. And they're going to chat with you. They're going to talk with you. If they get overwhelmed with that, they're going to tag other individuals off our leadership team to sit down and do surveys with you and to go over your survey with you. The point is, I want you to see where you are gifted. I want you to see what your strengths are. I want you to see where maybe you're not gifted so that we can get you plugged in. The point is, we all need to be working and serving somewhere. Here's the second thing I want you to see, and I've already hit it, hit it quickly, but let me hit it once again. Not only are we given a unique combination of abilities and skills and gifts, but number two, God expects me to use my gifts to serve Him and others. I mean, it's just expected. He gives us these gifts so that we would serve Him and serve each other. So what are a few benefits of serving? Let me hit these real quickly. First of all, it glorifies God. Whenever we use our, our spiritual gifts, 
our skill set, our abilities. It brings honor and glory to God. Number two, it builds up others. And it demonstrates our love one to another. And then thirdly, it satisfies God. What are some action steps in closing? I'm, I'm done today. I think you get the gist of the message today. We've all been given gifts, spiritual gifts, talents, and abilities to be used for others. What are some action steps? Number one, find out, find out how you're already gifted by God. Discover that. Discover what your natural abilities and what your spiritual gifts are. I hope this is the first step in helping you discover that. Talk with your family members. Talk with those that are close to you. Ask some questions if you, to them if they think that you're gifted in a particular area or not. The second thing I want you to do, I want you to look around. I want you to observe the needs. Discover what the needs are here at Victory Church. And then listen for where God is guiding you and directing you to serve. Guys, there's needs all in our church. I mean, there's some ministries that are, that are going undone simply because we don't have a ministry leader. I mean, there's areas to serve. I don't want you to think that well, all the positions are filled. No, they're not. There's so many areas that we can serve. And by the way, we all have a primary gift, but then also we need to be involved in our secondary gifts. And what is a secondary gift? That's just get in there and serve wherever I'm needed. There are a lot of times we say, you know what, we need the whole church to do this. And get in there and plug in there and help wherever we need, wherever is needed. Also, use your gifts and abilities to serve other people. Realize that God has gifted me. He's given me talents. He's given me skills and abilities, not just for my own selfish gain. He's given that to me so that I can serve other people. And look around. Be observant. Wait for a gentle nudge from the Holy Spirit. You know, I've had this happen to me numerous times in my life, and I'll see a need, and then I want to jump in there and meet that need. If I can, if it's within my skill set, I'm going to jump in there and meet that need. And every single one of us need to be doing that to serve others. And then finally, we just need to ask. Ask the Lord, God, what do you want me to do? Guys, realize, and I could have preached the message on the parable of the talents, and that's a great message to preach and great study there. But one day, every single one of us are going to stand before God, and we're going to give an account on how we have used these spiritual gifts and these skills and these abilities that he's blessed us with, with how we've used those. And we're going to give an account of that. So I hope and pray you'll use those, okay? All right, that's my message today. We're not even going to have a, a song of invitation. I hope and pray if you're here today and you haven't accepted Christ your Savior that, man, you would not leave here today. You pull somebody aside and say, help me discover who Jesus is, and we will pray with you today and help you. But I just wanted to share this with you. I want you to be good stewards of your talents, your skills, your abilities, your gift set. God has blessed every one of us with something. We are to serve others. Therefore, give Him the honor and glory at the end of the day. Serve the church. Bring honor and glory to Him. There's a place for everybody to serve at Victory, I promise you, okay? So I want you to take your spiritual survey test with you, survey with you, complete that, total out your, your totals, see where your gifts are, where your strengths are, where your weaknesses are, and then with that, you're not done. I want you then to contact the office. Say, you know what? I am done. I'm ready to sit down with someone and kind of look and find a good place for me to serve. Let me say this also. If you're involved in a ministry, I want you to know that you don't have to stay in that ministry from now to when Jesus comes. Maybe you're doing something and you think, you know what? This really isn't me. I want you to know you have my permission to get out of a ministry if you discover that's the wrong ministry for you. And by the way, that's one of the best ways to discover what your ministry is. Get in there and serve, and you either discover real quick, is this me or not? And if it isn't you, I want you to, hey, it's okay. 
I want you to get to where you're gifted. Don't serve in an area where you're not passionate about, you're not gifted for, you don't have... It's okay to back out of the ministry. Now, I don't want you to back out and sit down. I want you to back out and then get somewhere and serve where you're gifted. Does that make sense? So I want, I want today, I want to give you permission, every single one of you, I want to give you permission to back out of your ministry. From leadership team all the way down. Everybody. Back out of your ministry if, that, if that's not you. If you're not gifted for that, you have permission to back out of it. You know what's going to happen? Nobody's going to pick up a chair today when service is over. He gave me permission to back out. No, that's a secondary ministry. Wherever there's a need to serve, and it may not be our gift set, but we realize we need to come together and help, we get in there and serve. I'm talking about your primary ministry. If it's not where you need to be serving, you have my permission to back out. You don't have my permission to quit. You don't have my permission to sit on the sideline. You don't have my permission to just get out of it and let everything else go. No, you've got responsibilities. We all have gifts. We've got to manage those well. Get in and serve somewhere where you're gifted, okay? All right. Heavenly Father, we thank you, Lord, for this day you've given us. We thank you for the, the joy and the pleasure just to come together with our church family. And I just pray today, God, that we would all discover what our skills and our abilities are and what our talents are and, and what our spiritual gifts are. And, and I pray, God, you'd help us to do a self-evaluation and look at our life. Are we using these gifts and abilities to serve others and bring honor and glory to you? Are we serving in the church? Are we using our gifts and our talents for the local church so that you can be glorified at the end of the day? God, I pray you help us to discover that and to be able to answer that question. Meet every need in every heart and every life. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. I'm going to turn over. Well, thank you for joining us for this message from the Word of God. We know that the truth you have just heard will change your life if you believe it and intentionally apply it. If you need someone to pray with or maybe you just want someone to talk to, please call us at 618-622-9360. That's 618-622-9360. Or you can email us at victory at victorychurchonline.net. If you're interested in obtaining more teaching materials, or if you'd like to partner with us in this ministry, please contact us. You can email or call, or send a request to 715 Lake Point Center, Suite 109, O'Fallon, Illinois, 62269. Come and check us out on the web at www.victorychurchonline.net. And again, we thank you and are glad you could join us.